I'm telling you, man. Hey, fam. Welcome back to yet another episode of I'm Telling You. I'm telling you. Dude, you know what? I actually kind of prefer that over the Ethel. I'm going to be honest. I, I actually like that. That's, uh, you know, especially coming off the holidays. That's sounds like nice little like being crossed. You just turned them on. Yeah, but you know, in all the right ways. Yeah, I but, saw uh, the table lift a little bit. He was excited. It was oh. more than a little. Hey, Talk about a Woody, huh? So <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, you ain't cats hey, out that the works for me, dude. Yeah. Whoa. We got Philly D, Mr. Jack. Clickety clack of Miss JD. <laughs> and our special guest, uh, Artie Hoffman, in the house. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, as always, we like to start our program usually with if you'd like to reach out to us, hit us up, all three of us, ity at directionsandmusic.org, or you can get us individually at g e m i n i at directionsandmusic.org. Yeah, or you can hit up uh, Philly D at P H I double L Y at directionsandmusic.org. Yeah, for uh, first time listeners, this is a 30 year friendship of, uh, you, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, do. you just coined this. If you want to feel human, come see us. That's what we do here. We get us back to, we don't care who you are, what you are, what the I'm background, right. yeah, nationality, color, creed, gender, whatever you identify, we don't give two shits. All we want is an honest, open, accepting conversation. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Fucking everything, as long as we can have an actual conversation. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, let's talk about how nobody gets Hot Wheels for Christmas no more. What's up with that? You don't want to get like the loopy loop and then the wall freaking ride and like. That is true. I'm just you know, saying. You don't man. see as much of that stuff anymore. Or Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> dude, right? Dude, but every, everybody's Mr. on the Mr. Potato Head was like one of the dopest freaking toys you could ever have gotten. We do have a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head in our house. So. <laughs> you're just like to, we have both we're, I just trying wanna, to, we're trying to keep it real you know well, dude you i mean within you know you can't you but it's, know. it's all electronics now i mean that stuff gets wait mr potato head is electronic no i'm saying that the interest is all in electronics these oh, days i'm gonna it's say i was like, like dude how is how is potato and, head you know. electronic now like if you put his ears in wrong they're like ears upside down is it like yeah that's exactly dude, that's, what happens <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happens head. I feel so I, bad I, for this guy. No, it's, <laughs> He's given us so many years, decades. It's the iRobot potato head. Dude. Poor, it's, you know, you it's, actually put a potato in them to, to power it. Does, it. <laughs> and then after so many weeks, it builds up enough I saw that on Mr. Can, Wizard. It can walk across your countertop and yeah. like candy <laughs> chips. <laughs> and then after that, you can have them like mixing martinis for you. Is that like, is that where it goes? And then a couple weeks later, I just thought of stuff. <laughs> so they have a version of Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, and they get together and they make little French fries. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that you write that down. That's fucking funny. Oh my goodness, Ethel. Well, would you look at that? Well, dude, that's like, what is it? Uh, what do in, they think of next? Do you, in Pulp Fiction, when Uma Thurman is telling like the most horrible joke ever, where it's like Mama Tomato and Papa Tomato, and they're like all trying to like do this, that, and the other, and it's like Baby Tomato's lagging behind, and then like Papa <laughs> Tomato goes back and like squashes the Baby Tomato and just goes, catch up. <laughs> And that's it. There, there, there is nothing. That, that, that's Terrible. the joke. That is it. That's all we got. I don't care what you're buying. That's all I'm selling. Here you go. No, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, the green room was filled with the one-liners. I mean, you. Uh, what was his uh, freaking? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember from Goodfellas, the comedian with that. And then like we were talking about Stephen Wright and like 
Delivery, man. Delivery is where it's oh, at. Oh, that was great. Oh, it's everything. Dude, it is. Delivery is everything. It can be the worst joke or the worst comedian if you have the delivery all of a sudden. It's just like, okay, no, that's that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who you are, whether it's being like, I'm a comedian or giving a TED talk. If you deliver the, the statement correctly, dude, it's, it's going to kill any room. You know, like... I thought he was talking about the deliverance movie. It's the delivery. Go ahead, squeal again. It's the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> what? Dude, I, I just got freaking Mel Brooks with his face balls. Here, I'll what? He said to comb the desert. We're combing the desert. I'll tangent for you. Show mommy how the little piggies eat. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas story. That's yeah. very appropriate. Hell yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? And may the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> dude, you know what? Like, oh, we've we've talked Mel Brooks a few times. Like, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Dude, I do I hate when I get my Schwartz <laughs> twisted. All right. No, he got the upside. I got the downside. See, there's two sides to every Schwartz. Do you know we uh we've been talking <laughs> We've been talking about how like Mel Brooks and cats like that, like you just can't do that anymore. No, it, like, that I mean, type of well, comics, if you did, it, it's like illegal or something. Well, but that's the thing. So like, it if like you did and you could get away with it, air quotes, get away with it, it have to be an Bro. art house film. And you'd be like, oh no, it's tastefully done. This is you'd have to go like avant garde with your expression. You couldn't just be like mainstream. Like here, we made fun of everything. No. Because, I mean, that's what Mel Brooks did. We got him combing the beach right now, sir. <laughs> Dude, I know. You find anything? We ain't find shit. <laughs> right? Well, no. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the movie Airplane. Airplane was all a pun on Oh, yeah. Right? I have a drinking problem. I <laughs> <laughs> just splashes of... <laughs> Oh my God. I thought oh. you were going to tell me that I have a drinking problem. All the bars are closed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, I was going to say uh, in the in the movie Ice Pirates. Striker, um, striker, striker. Oh, <laughs> dude, the, uh, the 1984 movie Ice Pirates, which is like one of my favorites. Oh um, my God. Yeah, dude, Bruce, uh, Bruce Verlant like wrote that and was starred in it as well. There's a scene where you have like the, the sidekick, which would be like Star Wars would be Chewbacca, but it's a black guy and he makes themselves like a, you know, a C3. 3PO, but he's a black robot. And the captain of the ship looks at him. He's like, why did, why'd you make the robot black? And he's like, because then he'd be perfect. It's like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> but dude, like, you can't see, like, and even that, like, that's that's a black persona. Like, dude, you're literally glorifying being black. It's, you know, powerful and strong. And it's like, today you can't say that shit either. And it's like, well, what the, like, what are we allowed to do anymore? I hate, hate, hate Cancel. political correctness. Cancel <sighs> culture and all that. Hate it. Oh, we're going to offend. And yet they have all these derogatory words on these songs that is absolutely god-awful, disgusting. And then they're tearing apart, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Dr. Seuss. Right. Uh, it's offensive. Uh, they take Santa Claus and, and turn him into this but dark character during Christmas time. You're a people, jackass. Some what? people just look for offense. Well, yeah, but they but, just look for offense. But, that, but his point, like, and I agree, because wet-ass pussy... WAP is all of it. Like, that's okay. Everybody was like, you just like have housewives dropping their kids off at soccer and they're just like dancing their bottom and they're just like wet ass pussy. Hang on. It's just like, are you serious? Like, this is, this is, this is mainstream. This is what's on the radio. F in this. And Ow, F my and balls. And, and yeah, right. I can't, I can't say black person or Mexican, even though that's like no, a very I don't specific say that. I statement. Put it this like, like, I'm going to, I have a problem with the word, with the phrase, and, and I'm sorry if I'm going to offend anybody. This is not an offense. This is just, hey, this is your opinion. This I, is how my you roll. thoughts. Can't stand the phrase um, 
uh, Afro-Americans, you're black, I'm Jewish, well, you're so, white. But see now here, it's like is- Afro, a lot of people don't have Afros. A lot of people are not from Africa. <laughs> You know, so you're not, you, well, you so know, it's just, you're black. It's not derogatory. It's just, it, you are who you are. Oh, wait, I got to tell you this one funny story. <laughs> I have to share with you. By, story. All, by all means, I've the mic, my friend. So this is my daughter, my daughter, all right, now she's 30. When she was seven years old, I pick her up from school. All right. And she's all excited. You know, it's all the weekend. I'm not with her mother at this point. And, and I pick her up and she goes, daddy. I go, what? She goes, I have a new brown friend. I go, <laughs> you mean black? She goes, no, she's, she's brown. brown. I said, well, then what are we? She goes, duh, we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's like some Scientology shit. Oh, that's fucking said, hilarious. Oh, that was so funny. If you but were that, less that's, black, you'd be clear. <laughs> <laughs> but that was coming from the innocence of a child. And it was just so great. You have no pigment. And, <laughs> there is no pigment it's just skin well you but i mean going back to your statement so like this is where so i completely agree with you however you speak in the idea of obama his, his you know his parents one was african one was american he's african-american like he's that that's a literal correct all right expression. So, right all right so people under those circumstances it's a well, correct. rarity well correct. But it doesn't make everybody but then that's the thing is he also just happens to be black he happens to be <laughs> Well, because that's the thing. Well, he no, stumbled well, onto it. It just happened. It just well, happened. No, because yeah. his father could have been South African, which would have been predominantly a British or white background from multiple generations as like Britain came down and, you know, took over India and everything else. So he could have been African and his, you know, it's. I could, could claim that I'm 136 Native American if I want. I mean, <laughs> which, right? it's really I also can't. It could be true. But, but that's, but so think about that. In that expression, he'd be Caucasian, but he'd still be African. American. I also can't stand the fact that they have to change the names of the football teams. Oh, is, is the biggest, biggest joke in the whole world, dude. It's like just, dude. it's ridiculous. It's it's. It, it, I, I'm like, like a, speechless. I'm. Just, it's just it's so insanely. Well, politically stupid beyond human comprehension. And it's not even just that because we've had this discussion. The tribes before. people that those things represented were actually upset when they got changed. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> but no, we, we've had this discussion before where it's like, dude, the, the words are what they're supposed to be. And when you modify the definition and now says this word means this, it's like, dude, my entire life I've spoken of my, you know, my English language understanding is this means this. And every word is very specific. Now, all of a sudden you get into this place where you're not even just changing what is or isn't okay to say. They're now telling you what everything does or doesn't Whoa. stand for again. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. So now you're, you're trying gonna, to rewrite history dude, and it's on, Ridic- every level and it's ridiculous well and, and it, like now you're you're taught you're asking the police to become morality police you know what i mean like yeah, to judge right, you on right. moral issues which really are none of their business i mean well, you can't true. you can't police how people communicate with each other because it just it puts a monkey wrench in the whole world well, like policing is supposed to I be logic say something trying to make light of a situation that's difficult to deal with because i might offend somebody well because that's the thing right? and you also have freedom of speech to a Certain, de- certain degrees still. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is like very when, little. When you're, <laughs> you know, when, when you're policing, you're supposed to be logical. You're supposed to be providing, you know, a service. You know, protecting the, you know, the rights and like that's your thing. Serve and protect. You're supposed to, you know, to a. To, to, to literally hold yourself to the highest level of the written law, which is logical. 
mind you, it's written based, you know, on emotional feelings where it's like, this doesn't feel right. This does feel right. We need to express this into physical terms so that if we get into these situations, we know what to do. They're, you know, guiding statements. And, you know, that's the thing is like, just because that's the word doesn't mean that that is, or, you know, so we're we talking about to, the, the letter of the law versus natural law or. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I've said that many times I, I uphold myself to a higher set of rules than that of, you know, the written rule of man. Cause dude, to, to be human is to err. So my, my understanding is whether it's, you know, 0.10, you know, 0.01% or like 20% or th dude, to be human. If it comes from us, somehow or another is something in there is not quite right. And for us to sit there and have to say, this is, you know, the end all be all, this is the nth degree. Like this is, dude, we can't say that we're not intelligent enough to say that our rules are exacting enough that it really is succinct or impeccable with what makes us good people or humans. A lot of what's now projected um, in the political world is all about control. It's not no longer for the people, by the people. It's all about them wanting to control us and to turn us into a different society. And I feel it's getting that's, political, but at the same time, right. like I, I can't the, help dude, but that's agree capitalism. with you. I would say it's not political, it's capitalism. Or socialized or socialist or whatever. Well, dude, I don't care what ism you want to yeah. put on it. Yeah. Yes, it's a control thing. I it's a control really thing. The easiest way they to don't put want it. what's best for the public no. at all. It's all about power and control. Correct. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. It's a fact. And uh, they don't give a crap about the public. They really don't. It's all about the holy dollar. All about the holy dollar. Well, I mean, do you do you think? <laughs> here's one for you. Do you think psychedelics are illegal because they're dangerous for you? No. For you? No. They're dangerous for them. Yes. Right. I mean, it's it's the same type of argument, and I. I I well, just, yeah. Well, yeah, no. So I would extend that. So smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol is fine. Doesn't open your mind. Driving cars kills millions of people a year. You don't see them stopping that. Well, the, the simple fact is, is, you know, smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol does not open your mind. Smoking weed, doing LSD, mushrooms, ecstasy. Any Where, can I score some? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk. Yeah, yeah. Are you making a menu? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. What I'm is this? Two I, number I sixes or three? I'm sorry, I didn't get that memo on that one. But I'm just saying, uh, if you just look at that <laughs> fact, like, do you truly think that these things have been made illegal for your best interests? No, I don't. The general public does. I, I, I would. Don't. I would think. Yeah. You look at JD. She's like, no, no, hard pass. Well, hard no, pass. because there's been actual studies where the government has actually done like exercises and experiments using these types of substances to alter your mind and get this knowledge that you can make yourself more aware, like by taking down that veil of your consciousness and like allowing yourself to like, I guess, access your pineal gland or how. So what I'm picking up spiritually from what you just said, and I'm being very sincere, um, when you do those type of drugs, what it does is the reason why your mind is able to be so brilliant or so creative is because those drugs take away all your fears. So when you live a life with absolutely no fear, the, the limitations are literally, I mean, the, the, what's the word? The goals are endless of, of creativity, of strength, of everything, when you eliminate all fears. So these drugs alter your mind. So all you feel is love, all you feel is creativity. You feel nothing but that loving feeling and fear is not even a factor. It's not even in the equation. Well, and that's, that's a dangerous yeah. thing to a government. It's very, <laughs> yeah. 
I, mean, I think I would say that's that's a dangerous <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to any governing body. Mm, well, yeah. So whether you want to talk like organized religion, cult, sex, mm. blah, blah, I mean, like however you want to defy a collective, you know, free thinking ultimately, which I mean, honestly, I think is like the, the biggest gift that we're supposed to be exploring as, yeah. as like fifth dimensional beings on a third dimensional plane is what, what it is to be an entity being human. Like we're all supposed to be but actors now, right now. Now what is what is like happening though? Doing, that's why I say it's a video game because we're just here, just like let's go have fun. But the and narrative just, is know. pushing tribalism. The narrative is pushing. You know, you're not like this person. They're not like you, and you know, not for me. You're not important unless you're in this particular niche or you the know. most creative. People. And you're not allowed to say anything about it that might be logical because then you're you're just branded with that same. Oh, you know, you're a racist or the you're people this, you're with that. the greatest gifts. Uh, the people with the greatest blessings are the ones that are not normal. And so there's nothing wrong. Well, you know, they're afraid. Well, I'm not normal. I won't be accepted. You don't have to be. It's all about Dude, expression. It's better if you're not. It, yeah. Just be your own self. Be unique. Be unique. I mean, I'm a hundred percent and every family member in my family will tell you that I am different than everybody else in my family. And, and even with my friends and everybody, you're just different, you're just different. And so be proud to be different, but also be proud to be different when your intentions are with the best of intentions. Right. You know, you don't want to be a radical or, or cause uh, hell in other people's lives or even in your life. And, you know, just for the sake of, you know, I'm a radical, I want to be different, you know, be different. That's great, but not at the harm of anybody else, but do it with positivity, do it with love, with love. Yeah. Do it to explore, to create, to give whatever. But I, like I said before, when you release all fear, that's why when people are on drugs, they, they have this human, unbelievable strength because fear totally, you know, you had that, whether you call it adrenaline rush or whatever, but fear is not a factor. And you could like, oh, do so much. Bruce when, Lee, yeah. Bruce Lee's literal life practices and belief systems was about basically being like Neo in the matrix, not breaking the rules, but pushing those boundaries. And I mean, honestly, you would, I would say, yeah, his confidence or lack of fear saying, you know, just because my human body is told by everybody else, this is the extent I believe it's this and do that. It's, it's, it's because he believed I'll it. I'll tell you what, and I can say this cause I did do a marathon once the first six, seven miles. If you can make it through that, <laughs> no, I, none, nothing, no, I, beyond, I nothing beyond that is physical strength or endurance. It's all mental. It's all mental. And that's, that's an interesting thing when you can reach that through, that was like the guy on the, those matrix shorts that went through the matrix from running. Oh, and he so was just fast. like, you can see like, like rip away you, for a moment. You yeah, do. Yeah. And I guess they call it runner's high in some circles, but you do reach that point where it's just kind of, you're going through the motions. Like your body's just doing what it's doing. Like I'm not even touching anything at this point. I'm in a whole different place, you know? And to be able to to reach that man, wow. Um, right. The only the only reason why there are limitations in this world, or for anybody, is because that's what you believe. It, you know, if you believe in limitations, there's a certain limit. Then that's your mindset. But you know, if you believe that everything is limitless, then you can go and go and go. And the perfect example is like you know, with the uh, four minute mile. 
Um, you know, for for many, many, many years, uh, runners could not run a mile the within four minutes. You know, or, or it was always over four minutes. But as soon as the first guy, I don't know who it is, but as soon as the first guy broke that um, mile in less than four minutes, a lot of runners ended up breaking. Oh no, it wasn't even a lot. It was like all of a sudden the numbers started dropping. Dropping I think, too. a lot. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like just like all of a sudden it was like, oh, he did it in three, you know, three minutes and fifty eight seconds. It was like, yeah, three forty four, three forty two. Like yeah. it just kept going it down. It just I kept going. This. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like the mind is what limits you. It's not life. You know, if you keep but you could if you're using excuses, it because of them, because of this, because of that. That's why my life is like that. It's no, it's because you believed that you you gave your power away. You literally gave your power away to the situation to that person. So, you know, you could achieve what you want to achieve. You might not be able to achieve it in this moment. It might take a little time for you to do what it is that you're set out to do. But within time, if you believe in it, and if it's within your heart and you want it that bad, then whatever your goal is, you will achieve it. You will achieve it. And um, yeah, and, but don't think that you're, just stop blaming other people and stop blaming just the circumstances. Sometimes, you know, when you, the reason why people stay stuck, people grow comfortable in the uncomfortableness. And so the thing is people are afraid of changes. So when you're going through a transformation, say you're trying to get out of one relationship and you want your freedom or you want to get uh, move from this job to that job, people have what's known as golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs is when you're in a job or a relationship where um, you hate you hate the job or you don't like the relationship, but the benefits are just good enough to keep you there. So your ego and your spirit are fighting with each other. The ego is saying, no, we got this, we got the security, you know, we don't want to upset anybody, their expectations. The ego will keep you in check. But your spirit and your soul is saying, but I'm not happy and I'm not happy. And what happens is that when you're not happy and you're not living your life to be happy, your body starts to react and you start to get sick and you'll break out in highs and you'll get the migraine headaches. And it's because you are not listening you are not listening to your heart and soul of what feels right. And because it breaks the rules, your feelings or your goals breaks the rules or expectations of your of your family or your loved ones or your coworkers, whoever. So you're you're keeping in check. Your ego is keeping you in check rather than you, you know, going past the boundaries and to live according to what makes you personally happy. And you're not responsible for everyone else's happiness. So when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, I'm not doing this to hurt you. Now, what I'm doing, it might hurt you. It might hurt you. But I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm doing this because this is what feels right in my heart. So if you choose to allow this, what I'm doing, to hurt you, well, then that's your choice. But just know that I'm not doing this with the intent to hurt you. I'm doing this to better myself or to go after my heart's desire, even though you might not agree. So the people who love you unconditionally will stand by your side. And the people who want to love you with conditions, you really don't need them in your life. Well, if you do this or if you're with them, then you're, you're ixnate from the family. And you're like, well, fine. Well, then guess what? That's the choice. But my choice is I'm still going to live to be happy. I'm going to still live to be my true self. And, um, you know, I had this conversation with my mom one time who I love more than life itself. And I always protected her from my father because he was a very challenging personality. And... Um, 
you know, and, and I, you know, being raised in a Jewish family and everyone was Jewish and, you know, here I am, my first relationship with my first wife, Jewish, 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 Jewish. Now, here I am, I'm breaking the rules. First of all, I'm the only one to get the divorce, get a divorce in my family. And then plus now I'm with my, um, my second wife and I'm having a conversation with my mom and I said, mom, I said, this girl that I'm with, you're absolutely going to love her. She's beautiful, not only on the outside, but on the inside. She's a beautiful person. You're going to love her. First words out of her mouth. Is she Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, ma, she's not, but you're going to love her. I promise you. And she goes, you know, the kind of shit your, your dad's going to give me. I said, mom, I'm not responsible for your happiness. I'm not doing this to hurt you. I said, I'm doing this because this is what feels right for me. That's the reason. And she goes, you're 100% right. I'll deal with it. So she chose- But the fact that you could say that matter of factly like that with no emotion, no like, look, this is, I'm not doing this to hurt you, but this needs to happen. This is part of like- This is what feels right to me. Yeah. So my, my wife even said to me, like when we were being, you know, like cuddly with each other in front of a warm fireplace, literally, I remember it happened like it happened yesterday. And so when we were discussing about possibly getting engaged and possibly, doing, and she said to me, well, what happens if your family- uh, disowns you or what happens if you're cut out of the will or whatever. I said, so then that's their choice. I said, I'm following what's right in my heart. I said, but I, I feel like I know who's going to be with me and who's not going to be with me. You know, the people who love me unconditionally, those are the people who mean most to me. They'll stick by my side. And the people who want to love me with conditions, well, that, that's their problem. Well, if you really love me, then you'll do this and you'll do that. No, well, if you really love me, then you won't put those conditions on me. Yeah. Don't do that. If you want to be the best that you can be, I guess, you know, that's the way to be. But, you know, there's a difference between what, you know, some people um, being the best is fun. And then other times being the best or the most successful is too stressful, is very stressful. Oh, yeah. If it's taken away the quality of your life to have the most, then you have to decide which is more important to be happy or to always have to be number one or always having to be successful. You know, people are so afraid of failure. I know I tell people, I said, there's two, there's two types of really good swim. I'm sorry. There's two <laughs> types of really good swimmers. There's the kind that's a really good swimmer because they love to swim. Right. They just love the act of swimming and their muscles get stronger. They love to swim. They love to be in the water. Then you have those swimmer who's really good because they're afraid that as the current is going down, you have Niagara Falls right here. The fear people become really good at what they do. Is it, are you, you fear driven that why you become overly successful or is it because of the love of the game or the love of the job or the love of whatever you're doing, you know? So it's important to, again, it's all it has to do with being happy. That's the bottom um, yeah, line mindset. Yeah. Cause like, if you're obsessed with it, if you're like, Oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do this. A lot of people are successful because like, they're afraid of failure. Yeah. Unfortunately, but then a lot of other people, and, and yet even when they're successful, they're not happy because they're always afraid that they're going to lose it or they're not going to sustain it or somebody else is going to take it from, or whatever. Someone's going to do it better, faster, cheaper. Or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, again, right. it's all about wanting to do what you love to do. A lot of people left Wall Street because they couldn't deal with the stress and they ended up going to, you know, a high six-figure income or maybe a seven-figure income to uh, making uh, 60, 75,000 a year or whatever. Uh, because they, they, they better. Because it made them feel better and the stress level was off. It's, it's all yeah. about emotional happiness. You know, it, it, you know, it, with your job or with your relationship, are you happy? And if not, then you need to change. People are afraid of transformation. People are afraid of changes. Yeah. People are afraid to go without the security or not knowing. 
but this is where blind faith comes in. So you got to stay focused on, on where you want to be. And is it worth living in hell to sustain your security or what you think, you know, that's all there is. That's why I love that mantra, seek discomfort, by the way. Well, yeah, because if you're not willing- YouTube group, but they're they're called seek discomfort. Yeah, because if if you're not willing to push past that point of discomfort, then you obviously didn't want it bad enough. There's going to be inconveniences. I'll tell you right now, when you're going through transformation or changes or to do something better, yeah, there are going to be inconveniences, but that's all a part of the game. You know, you can't live your life in fear. Well, you can, but your life is going to suck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, but I mean, so that was my point with golf is I went from me being in this construct of, okay, I have to get so much time, effort, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody was putting in my head, like, there's no way in hell you can be an 80s golfer. And I went at it like my first year, which I only maybe like played 30 rounds. I was already getting in the low hundreds. I was like, dude, I know I can crack So an the 80s 90s. golfer, you mean like you're wearing like neon? And <laughs> no, that's <laughs> a, a 70s. Like a 67. Like, I'm oh, an 80s God, golfer. I'm a 70s golfer, man. <laughs> With the fucking tam and the little fucking I'm like driving up to the course in my Partridge family uh, <laughs> Volkswagen. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, be, I put it out to a, like a bunch of people that have been golfing for 10, 15, 20 years. And I was like, dude, I'm in, in my first year and a half, I'm going to shoot in the 80s. And they're like, there's no way in hell. And I mean, all of them were adamantly like, F you, this is bullshit. There's no way. Cause it was them limiting themselves because I had this expectation that I could, and I kept it at such a, just enjoy it for what it is. It's a fucking game. Have fun. My coach kept me in that, mat- my, that, in that mentality and I practiced for it. I played for it. And again, by the specific rules, you know, if the ball went out of bounds, I'm taking my strokes and it's like, so I'm, I'm, I'm literally playing the game and having fun Dude, less than a year and a half. I was shooting in the, 80s consistently wow and people were just like there's no way in hell it's like but dude that that was my focus i was so driven to just not do it out of like fear it was like i did it because it's like dude, this is fun this is this is me being grounded this is you know my me time my zen as i always say and it's just like and and i also kind of wanted to do it just to prove a point it's like do f you tell me i can't do it i mean bruce lee shit tell me i can't take two inches away from you and knock you on your ass he did it over and over again like physically you, you know, science says that's not capable. One inch punch. Yeah, dude, and Bruce Lee would do it. You know, so you tell me what physics are. I mean, it was the, the Matrix, the joke when he's like, when they're sitting there doing Kung Fu back and forth and he knocks him down. He's like, is that oxygen that you think you're breathing? <laughs> you're just like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, because you're in a computer system right now. Do you think you're really breathing oxygen, bro? Like, come on, man. Like, you need to be able to separate, you know, this dimension from this dimension. Like, I don't know. I think that's the, the point of this is being those interdimensional beings like fifth dimension as light and love. Here we are in this three-dimensional world trying to exist on that and know what that human experience is. Yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I think it, you said it the other night when we were on uh, Dakota, you know, was a uh, uh, freaking Harry too scary. Do basic instructions before leaving Earth. We're supposed to be able to learn how it is to be light and love in this entity and this this raw omnipotent being, but also know what it is to be a physical realm, to know what, you know, possession is or to have, you know, perception and mentality and, you know, it's just to find balance. I think that's, I, I think that's a good word, balance. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Testify. <laughs> I have my moments. Can I don't have to I blacked out. What did I just say right there? He's over here writing notes I'm like he's looking, a freak. I'm looking down at my questions and I realized I had one that I, I was just curious. Like, so be, being in tune with the, these, uh, kind of like the spiritual realm, right? To, to get some of these insights that you get. 
that like do you feel that's turned you into kind of a magnet for all kinds of other stuff or do you just kind of don't get on that frequency at all I'm sorry repeat that I know I'm gonna get can I didn't even get that question you're open to the spirit world there's things out there that that may be trying to get into you and you know it's interesting convince you in a certain you know whatever there's things that are negative or um the thing is, I say my prayers every day, and I and I literally visualize the white light uh, coming into my life every day, and and I see we all have guardian angels around us twenty four seven. At least two. Every single individual on this planet has at least two guardian angels. Can you perceive other people's angels? Yeah, we're gonna talk later. <laughs> oh, we're talking. <laughs> I mean, we're talking now. We'll I talk sound like later. a Cheech Jones River. Can we talk? No, a pocketbook is neither a pocket nor a book. Discuss, discuss. But anyway, so yeah, everybody has two angels around them at all times. At all, yeah, at all times. And an angel can only intervene into your life if you ask them to intervene. The only time an angel can intervene into your life when you don't ask them is if you're in a do or die situation and it's not your time to die. Okay. They will all come in to save you. And the reason for that is because God gave everybody free will. So the angels would be intervening, uh, uh, breaking the free will. But if it's I, your will to be saved, then. Well, only it sounds if like if, if the universe's timeline says, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. Like, sorry, you, you, this incorrect. is the way it's going down. All right? <laughs> yeah, right. We don't care what you want. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's written. See, what had happened was. It was like the, the whole thing about certain certain situations being mutable and some just, they have to happen. Like it's part of your spiritual growth or, because that's what we're here for, right? This is, well, this is the, yeah, yes. This is the prayer that I say every day. I call upon all my guardian angels, my loving guardian angels. Thank you for intervening into my life today. I give them permission to intervene into my life. Thank you for helping create peace, harmony, balance, and serenity. Thank you for all the beautiful blessings and miracles you wish to share with me today. Thank you for opening up the doors of opportunity with people and situations in my life. Thank you for keeping true love into my life. Thank you for your beautiful white light of love over myself, my daughter, my close friends, my helpers, my family members. In the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. When I say I, I call upon the white light to protect, I literally visualize a white light over me so like even while I'm driving or whatever. So when shit hits the fan in the middle of the day about and anything, um, I come to a place of acceptance in the moment mm -hmm. of what just happened. Even though I don't like it and it sucked, I go, okay. So it's about, <laughs> it's about accepting what just happened because I can't change what has already happened. All I could just say is, all right, well, and then somehow the angels intervene into my situation whether it be about money or people or whatever it is. And I just, I let go, I choose to let go of fear. And that's when they say, get out of your own way, let the universe. And more times than not, and I'm blown away how the outcome comes out even better than I ever anticipated. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it. I just can't believe it. And I just choose to let it go. I and just, then the universe- I just magooed my way through that entire yeah. thing and somehow it worked. It did, <laughs> That's yeah. Cool. But when you're trying to control, there are people who are control freaks and they micromanage every little thought, every little move, every little person in their life. You are so 
killing life. You're killing the, the opportunities, the possibilities. And when you're trying to overcompensate for the people who you love so much, you are taking away their confidence. You're taking away their security because you're saying, I don't trust you. I'm going to do it for you to make sure it's done right. Rather mm -hmm. than letting them make their mistakes. You have to allow people to make mistakes or to screw up because that's the way they're going to learn. But when you're trying to manage and micro control every little thing, has nothing to do with them and has to do with your own insecurities when people are like that. So that's pretty much what the four agreements talk about. If you wanted to like sum that up, <laughs> those of you at home- Can I have never man? <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. All right. So backtrack. Everybody has two guardian angels around them. Can you uh, either see, perceive, or communicate with mine? Yeah. Uh, do they have names and should I be respectful and call them by that or? One is called Bubba. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I was gonna be like, yo, that's dope for real. Like, Get out of here. Hell yeah. I'd be like, yo, Bubba, what's up? Dude, every morning I would say like, what's up? Like <laughs> well, but you know, long story short, that was actually one of my I would have to. I would dad. have to be in meditation. I'm like to, in that frame. I'm like, like I'm, I'm spiritual and something, you know, like when I look at the cards, I have to like literally get in that meditated mindset to get that right now. I'm just telling you, it would just, it's not coming to me what you're, okay. I don't want to just say a name just oh, to yeah. say a well, name. No, that's why I said, can you and, or, you know, so yeah, no, if you, yes or no. What is it with, and I'm very serious with this. It sounds silly what I'm about to say. <laughs> what is it with the name of Maxwell, Max? There's something with Maxwell, Maxine, the that only, name. All right, so I, so you, so Max or Maxwell actually is uh, my daughter's uncle who has my last hot rod, which was a, a Toyota. But then you also then just said Maxine. Maxine is my father's mother who is no longer. So that would be my grandmother on my father's side. Okay, she's the one that, that supports you. She's the one that supports you the most. And she's very, very proud of you for your, for- Abuela? Doing well, what no, so she never told me that she loved me until my mother wrote her a seven page letter and said, You know, your kid, your grandkids don't even realize that you love them if you do. Or, and then she like came up to me at a wedding, and was just like, You she know, grandma loves you, right? And I was like, Uh, no. yeah, yeah well, it was the weirdest fucking she thing. She spends ever. all her time right now supporting you, she spends a lot of her time supporting the family and supporting you. And, and, um, you know, a lot of times you you do not realize your mistakes until you've crossed over. It's like the movie, uh, the, the uh, Scrooge, you know, you, you realize you, you get to oh, see yeah. it behind the scenes. So right. you have an epiphany of the cause and effect that you've had on other people. And they go, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. But she says, I do love you. I do support you. She goes, I wasn't like that because I felt like I didn't deserve love. I felt like uh, that was never given to me. So I didn't know how to share love. It's not that you did not deserve it. I just didn't know how to share it or give it. She goes, it wasn't you personally. She goes, please forgive me. She goes, but just know I love you and I appreciate you and I do support you. 
Did she always use the word pain in my ass? You're a pain in my ass. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, you're well, a pain in my ass. Everyone's a pain in my ass. Well, so that was my thing. So my dad, she would ask him to do stuff around the house. He would do it, and she'd be like, "That's that's." It would be like absolutely the wrong way to do it. It didn't look right. It didn't work right. Somehow or another, it wasn't right. As well as there was a set of kids on the block that were not of relation that she treated like freaking gold, but then treated her actual grandkids like absolute crap. So it's like we got to see publicly she can love and provide, and it just, it was. <laughs> Because awesome. that's what—that's exactly like, what was given to her growing up. So I'm going to teach everybody a little lesson of life. So people who are people who are little—I don't know why this keeps on moving away from me. Where the hell is it going? <laughs> Same reason why the table raises. Hey, there you go. So you have people here who are like your grandmother. That when you're on the outskirts, all right, they're in here. They are trying to gain your approval because you're not a part of their life. The people who are actually in their cup, when you're in their inner circle, it could be your love partner, it could be your family members, it could be your close friends or co. But when you're in somebody's inner circle, they will treat you the same way they treat themselves. Okay. So the feeling that they have for themselves, that they treat you just the same way how they feel about themselves. The people who are on the outside in the public, they are trying to gain their approval because they take it for granted all their loved ones because it's unconditional and you're not going anywhere. Even if I hate you, I curse you, I give you nothing. Whatever, you're, you're still, I'm still your grandmother. You're still my grandson, no matter what. So I'm going to treat you that way. Yeah. And you know, no matter what, you're not going anywhere. Whereas if it's a friend, screw you. I, I, I don't need you. See, so you have to earn that trust. You have to earn that love with other people who are not in your inner circle. But the moment that you get too close to them, Boom. They'll treat oh, you like yeah. everything changes. Oh, yeah. And But that's only with people who are very insecure within themselves. People who actually have love for themselves, they will love you the same way they love themselves. And you'll get even more Agreed. because you're that close. Yeah, I believe that. So it, it literally goes by how you feel about yourself. So somebody who has a very moody personality or, you know, when you get too close, then you know what? Stay on that outer circle and let them earn you know, let them earn your love and your trust and your acceptance, whatever. PSA. Public service announcement. You know, yeah. you know write that yeah. down, everybody. I say, not no, to agreed. mention the other uh, 23 letters of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do agree because, and that, so psychology has taught me a lot of that because then I can see the things from my, my father's mother to my actual mom and the way their relationship is. And so that's why, that's what I love about psychology is it tells, it takes my intuition and the physical construct of what I'm dealing with and kind of gives it an under, it allows me to have an understanding and it's like, I can just rationalize or understand it, but like, well, that's what it is. And I just, I accept it. You know, I don't, the, going back to the four agreements, one of the big things is, is don't take anything personal as well as don't assume. So don't sit there and say, you know, just because I feel this way, this is the way it is. No, that's your feeling, accept it as that feeling. But at the same time, also be like, that is my feeling and that's it. So whether somebody does think or feel this way has nothing to do with who I am or how I feel about me. And I have to have that separation. So, I mean, I've- Yeah, I, for your own protection. Absolutely. Agreed. You know, so you were, you were asking me the, your questions before we started the program and, and um, you know, my, and, and I didn't have the gift growing up in my, throughout my kid years, you know, you know, not until I was 27. So my idea of having the sixth sense growing up was having a sense of humor. <laughs> that was the sixth <laughs> sense. <laughs> 
but I never had. But that's, I mean, that's a great thing to have because honestly, it's, call me it's, sometime it's, when you don't have class. Hey. <laughs> humor can be a defensive and it can be offensive. Exactly. It's, it's a protective. It's a protective mechanism. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, a coping lot mechanism. Coping, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coping mechanism. Absolutely. Well, because like you said, most comedians are very depressed, seeing therapists, so on saying, and so on. They use that as you a can way use to, it to cut. You can use it to defend yourself. You could, yeah, I mean, it's just. I don't know, that's why we use it to cut each other, but make sure we laugh with and at each other. <laughs> it keeps us grounded, you know what I mean? You know, people ask me, hey, already growing up, did you have intuition? I said, I told you, I didn't go to college. I didn't have no any tuition. <laughs> <laughs> I never got tuition. There was no tuition in it, nothing. No tuition here. Nothing. I don't write, call me sometime when you don't have any class. Hey, do that song. It wasn't until that. after my college year, I got intuition, yo. I don't write, did you ever go to college? Yeah, the parties were good. <laughs> hey, what? No. Where'd you go to school? All of them. That's that's right. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> I did. No, I was like 16 and like hanging out with like the local colleges and stuff, but that's only because I had the cats. Who it's like, we can get the beer and like sneak it. And it's just like, Oh, you wanted alcohol. You had the weed? connection. Here you yeah. go. Yeah. We got whatever you want. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, as I, here I am like, you know, pre, you know, adult. And I'm just like, Holy crap. I didn't even realize that I was the man. I just thought everybody had the, hook. I've never, <laughs> this isn't how everybody rolls. What? I just thought it was our that. turn. I didn't, you know, I've never seen that much natty ice in one room before. Oh my God. <laughs> Growing up, he was like flip Wilson. The <gasps> devil made me do it. <laughs> Dude, I just got Dana Carvey. <laughs> Who could it be? Mm, Satan. <laughs> Or you see oh, the the, 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 yeah, the good angel and the bad angel in the know, Animal yeah. House. Dude, I would do. I would speak do so Shut earlier. Shut up, no, no, so earlier when you were telling the story about how the hot chick or whatever was sitting, just be like, oh, do you? So who do you be like? Uh, so what I see? Like, yeah, fuck her. Fuck her brains out. Yeah, squeeze her. Just on your do I Wait, literally? Mom, yeah, what? I literally had the Animal House scene in my head when you were telling that story. So that's funny you say that, dude. Yeah, fuck yeah. I do. Oh, but again, you can't make movies like that anymore no, no. <laughs> which i'm pretty it's sure isn't that where we started was like mel brooks and like how you See, can't can on a down note like is that, that, is that, is that is you that know you have we... porkies you got uh, animal house uh, you dude got, oh man so up I in smoke you know i just i just watched um, um it will happen dude will happen. uh stewardess school which was like very much a Porky style movies. I mean, it was the extension of those same kind of guys, Porky's, yeah, great movie, but it was yeah. like, oh, dude, I mean, cause that was a, what I think 80 and 82, right? I don't know the, uh, the exact, but yeah, but I'm, that, yeah, that. it was something like, I want to say it was like pre eighties or, oh, you, oh, dude, you're pointing at the freaking side. <laughs> what the, what the, dude, just, normally it's me like, bro, you gotta okay, shut I'm up. I'm just reminding you, Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. Dude, but no, yeah, you can't make movies like Porky's anymore or freaking Blazing Saddles or Spaceball. I mean, dude, even Spaceball. It's too offensive. 81. And then I think it was like, what, 82 for Porky's 2? I think maybe they're just trying to the humor altogether, maybe. I don't know. Well, they get, I think it's so hard to be a comedian anymore. It was 83. Okay, so it was two years after. The first cool. time I saw Blazing Saddles, I cried. <laughs> I cried with laughter at the, at the uh, camp scene. I cried with laughter. Dude, every I, scene. I, my stomach was hurting. I, <laughs> dude, I don't. No, so I um, and, and young Frankenstein. Dude, when when they were with the door and the yes. knockers. <laughs> my God, what big knockers! Oh, thank you. <laughs> dude, so I saw I saw um, uh, Ghostbusters was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. 
Really? Dude, literally the first ever movie I saw on the big screen. Second movie I see on the big screen is Spaceballs. My mom takes me and she's just like, oh, you like Mel Brooks, do you? And I was like, yeah, she's like Blazing Saddles. I'm like eight and a half years old. And oh she my God. Me. So I, again, I got raised on Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, George Lopez. Oh, like wow. All. So, I mean, you know, really off-colored humor, but very intelligent. Right. So, I mean, you know, me being introduced to Mel Brooks as like Spaceballs and then freaking Blazing Saddles, I was like, this man is a genius. Why, why doesn't everybody know? What, why, why? We need to select. I'm like, get out in the streets. We need to do it. It's like, we have to. And, but you just, you can't do that shit anymore. And it's, it's kind of sad. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, so, yeah we're, do we have to end on a sad note now? Yeah, did I do? No, I ruined it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I killed it. I killed the room. I'm so no, sorry. No, not at all. Not at all. No, because you can come. We'll, we'll finish on a high note. We got a couple more minutes. We can, we can, I'm sure there's some, some oohs and ahs that we could cut out. <laughs> well, I have one. Go so, ahead. since we're just talking about movies and good old classic movies, uh, Artie, what would be your go to comfort like if you were sick in bed and you just needed something as a pick-me-up what's your go-to like movie if you had a dvd to pick out of the closet at your leisure a deserted island only one movie in this it's like stuck in the dvd player yesterday the movie yesterday Ooh. With the Beatles, it's about the Beatles. That was just like yeah, where the whole world forgets about them. Like yeah, the, the whole world forgets except for the one fellow who uses and 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 this one. Uh, yeah, did you see it? Well, yeah, yeah, no, my my, my so my brain works with like movie. He's the only guy that remembers to... all the Beatles songs, yeah. and he rewrote. I heard about this, but I didn't watch it. Oh, he it... Well, performs them as if they were his own, and everybody yeah. thinks. He's and he didn't evil. want to, and it, it just it just fell into it, and and people were thinking he was the greatest songwriter. He says, "What do you mean I'm the greatest?" He says, "This is one of the greatest songs ever written in, in history," and they go, "Oh my God, aren't you?" Because uh, he was playing it on his guitar, and his friends were saying, "Well, aren't you like all full of yourself?" He goes, what are you talking about? And then he goes to the computer to look up the Beatles and it shows just the Beatles, not Paul, John, and uh, <laughs> and, then, and, he, and he goes to like try to get Beatles. Paul, John, and stuff. And he, and he ends up getting a priest, a Paul, John, <laughs> and all the saints of the priest. And, and he couldn't believe it that none of the Beatles of anything was, was acknowledged. And it all happened with the That's world shutting down uh, electronically for like about 30 seconds or, or, or 15 seconds. It was like, that was just and kind of- Y2K should have lived this. <laughs> Remember that? What was that? Y2K. Y2K, where everybody was waiting till midnight to hit. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, 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 the yes, yes. Was, shut down. I was literally in the Pacific Ocean sipping on freaking Dom Perignon Cuvier by the bottle. Watching Thank that you, Oh yeah, bougie as fuck. I'll get, it's a long story and I'll explain why later, but do for real, for real, like literally in the Pacific Ocean on a massive cruise liner, sipping like Dom Perignon Cuvier by the fucking bottle, like I'm Little Wayne or some shit. Oh, listen, if you want to say- Here playing asshole in the dining room like it's- I mean, I was sharing the bottle, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we had a couple and everybody was allowed to sip. I didn't give a shit. There was no like, you know, diseases or nothing back then. It was just like, oh, I don't, let me wipe the bottle. And I was like, fuck here, sip it away. Hey, bro, I got fucking more of these. All right, I literally did. It would do. I mean, I mean, they weren't mine. I just they were at my access. So I didn't, <laughs> you know. If you want to see a guaranteed excellent fun movie to watch, see the movie Ghost Town. It's not a horror film. But I, I feel like I, I do. I, it's 
I feel like I I've seen this. I'm catching like a trailer picture or something or other with Ghost Ed. Town. It's about a dentist who has like no sense of humor whatsoever, and he could see dead people, and he doesn't realize they're dead. Oh God! Uh, and it's a very famous comedian too. I don't know the. It's Mickey Jarvis. Yes. Incredibly funny. Oh my god! And yeah, also yeah, heart, and yeah. also heart, well, very heartwarming at the end of the movie. Uh, JD, will you please? please I promise you're going to love that movie. Send that in the in our chat. Let me. I want to because yeah. I've seen I've seen the commercial for that, and I was just like, holy shit! That and then I forget what platform. I think I have that saved somewhere. Actually, yeah, Ghost Town. I, I love Ricky Jarvis though. He's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. He is. On Amazon. Oh, I got both. I, I know. Okay. Yeah, I know we're already in the group chat, please. I know we're already risking going over, but I just we already to, we, I we, we've gone over because I was we can't doing go my, over any further. We've already gone over. <laughs> Listen, because I was doing my homework when I was when I was uh, catching up on some of your videos that I saw out there. Um, and I'm very one, flattered, by the way. One of the things that really really caught my attention was a conversation that we had had before about this whole like how does this work? You call it the video game style. What, what life simulation is, theory? The simulation theory yeah, uh, you, slash the you know the matrix training program. That yeah, whole yeah, idea yeah. that that you you kind of get to review your past life and choose where you're going next. That you've made that decision before now and before this life, before you're born. Before you're born, you already know how you're going to die, when you're going to die. You picked your parents. You already know the major challenges in your life before you're born. And the people who have died, uh, your loved ones who have passed away, they're not dead. They're literally not dead. Their body has died, but your soul and spirit is who you are. So your soul and spirit right now is using your body to express itself. So the death part, when the death does happen, it's the body that stop. It's the body that stops functioning. I don't know how it gets over there. It's the body that <laughs> stops. That's the body that stops functioning, and the soul will lift up out of the body and goes into a different dimension. That's why I'm able to communicate to people's loved ones who have passed away because they're not dead. They communicate to me like I'm communicating to you. I'm communicating to you from body to body, person to person, but to communicate, yeah, the energy source. So I just go. Did you ever see the uh, Disney's movie Mulan? No. Damn it. All right, anyway. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go we, yet. We definitely, 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 definitely have to do this again sometime soon. Yes, and then just to touch one thing that we discussed on break real quick was um, uh, birth mark. Uh, do you want to explain that already? Uh, people with uh, birth marks on your body. That's usually how you were killed in your previous life, or where you were killed in your previous life. So whether you were stabbed, or whether you were shot. Or there was a major um, physical issue in your life. Um, so usually, I'm trying to think. I was like, "Do I have any?" And that's and that's the birthmark. Is this, is this know, the type of birthmark so for or? all of you who got shot in the ass when you birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> you know your birthmark, wherever it may be. So, but that's seriously, that's the birthmark. That's. That's the understanding of the birthmark. That's is an that, expression of your past life. That's an your expression of your body. past. Yeah, when you're in your physical body, how, at, where you died or where you were shot at one point or where you were stabbed at one point was right where your birthmark is. So I think the only question I really have at this point right now is can, can you and I be friends? Can we, <laughs> can we, can we like hang yeah. out? Sure. Just like, you know, we can get together. Like we can, we can like get I go to North Carolina like, too. Dude, I've been saying we need to take a trip down to her spot because it's way fucking warmer down there. <laughs> oh my God. 
It's always warmer in hell. <laughs> that explains why she's a red. He seems so nice. <laughs> Didn't I see you in Salem, Massachusetts? <laughs> I, I was just there about a month ago in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah? I loved it there. I haven't been to Salem since the summer of 1812. Yeah, they've been talking about you. <laughs> hey, remember when you used to blow bubbles when you were a kid? Yeah, she's looking for you. Yeah, hey. she, was a, she wasn't a witch. She was a whore. A whore. A whore. A whore. <laughs> oh my god. We definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, have just to wipe do around thing. here, will ya? <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fit right in. <laughs> do we do we just become <laughs> brothers? <laughs> here, let's cut ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the high note we need. That's the high note we need to Oh, oh wait, and check out oh, my yes. two books. Oh yeah, my no, two yeah. books. Yeah, no, Angels and Answers. Put them up close. Closer, man, get a good. Yeah, yeah. bring it closer. Yeah, for yeah, me. We, yeah, we go. Angels and answers, and have your angels call my angels. You can get it on artiehoppin.com, artiehoppin.com, or amazon.com. I promise you, you're going to think I wrote these books just for you. It's going to give you back your power, and it's going to get emotional power, and you're going to have a lot, uh, a deeper understanding about life itself. It's going to, you're going to learn more about yourself and about life itself. And I promise you, I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to wish that the book was even larger than what it is. But I told, I you, I sucked, I told you I sucked at school, but you're going to love the books. <laughs> I promise you that. Quick fucking note. If not now, then when? Dude, one of my favorite rappers of all time is fucking Russ. And I literally have a picture. Like, dude, my kid painted that shit. Russ, That's he's a rapper. Rap. He says, if not me, then who? No. If not now, then when? The fact that I literally just... Shut up. <laughs> can we be, I want, can we, can, can so you guys, I want to take you to lunch. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you can even bring your mother or your, I don't care. You, we, oh, I'm going to take care of all of you people. So, so these two books, so you guys could share it. These two books are my gift to you. <gasps> Dope. Yeah, no. Thank you. Thank you so much for, yeah. for coming out and hanging out. Oh, my out. pleasure. I, it was oh so much God. fun. Um, I was yeah, tell you the I truth, I was dragging my butt getting here. I really was. I says, oh, I hope this goes by pretty okay. And it says uh, whatever. But I, I ended up having a super, super, super great time. I really yeah, you, did. I enjoyed you, it myself. If you want to feel human, come see us. Right. Our new we are the world. We're trying. I literally did that shit. Shut up! I'm dude, my sister was a Girl Scout. I was a Boy Scout. I literally held hands across the fucking America. Nice. Yeah, I was a goddamn Boy Scout. But yeah, hey, fam, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, this is I'm telling you. Yeah, uh, I want to thank these two guys and this beautiful lady for coming on my show. <laughs> I mean that's that is appropriate here. That is appropriate. Would you listen to this guy? It's ridiculous. Gee, I take I it over. Fits right in. I mean, do fits right. In. This, is, this is what we do here. He's such a nudge. I never heard of such a thing. What are you kidding me? The sheriff is. What? <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, this is uh this is I'm telling you, uh we greatly appreciate you. Uh I'm Philly D. Mr. Gemini. Clickety clack effect, check of this day, Dave. Special. And already the one man party, already half. Already the one man party, hobby. Already yeah, half. If you want to reach out to us, please I, hit us up. Baby, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Yeah, no, this has been an absolutely uh, impeccable oh, expression of exactly what we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you are, you are welcomed in this house at any point in time. You, you and I are going to get to see <laughs> Yeah, no, this is, this is a thing. Um, yeah, no, fam, we, uh, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, and as uh, always, be good to yourself. Be good You're to beautiful. everything else. Mwah. Much love. Peace. Peace. Peace.